Greetings and welcome to another episode of Backroom Beats. I am your host, Lamar Harris, hanging out with CJ Conrad for another great episode. And as always, make sure that you follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. Be sure to visit and sign up and subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Backroom Beats Podcast. That's Backroom Beats Podcast. And also sign up to our anchor channel and become a Patreon so you can sit in on some of these great interviews live when we're doing them. So today we have a special, special, special treat. Me, baby. Gives me love and makes me breathless. I can see it now. I'm scared I lose it somehow. That'll slip through my head. Yeah. And if you just saw that great clip, and if you don't know who that is, shame on you. I actually met this young lady by chance <laughs> at a at a recording session. And I was just coming in, just doing the video. And I was like, oh my God. I'm like, I know her. Yes, I know her. And you no, know, of course, shout out to Thomas, who doesn't tell you anything. He's like, oh yeah, you know, no, Joanna's here. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool, you know, like he didn't say who it was. And I was just like, what? And I who kept looking it? with the mask. Who was it? Who was it? <laughs> Don't you know who it is? Does everyone know? I know it's Joanna Sorenko. Uh, hey y'all, how's it going? <laughs> thank you for having me. Oh, no, thank you for coming on. Thank you for coming on. So, so what, what have you been up to this last, like, um, you know, I guess it's been a year since the world kind of shut down and, you know, kind of stopped for a little bit. Yeah, I've been all over the place for real. Um, I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is that I, I started school. Um, I am a freshman in college. Oh, wow. And before that, I had taken a gap year to do the voice because I was initially supposed to go into college that year. Um, so I jumped back into college and, you know, just trying to handle that to the, to the best of my abilities. It's like definitely, a, it's just, you know, back in the swing of things, trying to get assignments done and stuff like that has definitely been a learning curve. Um, just plus on top of that, having the virtual learning and, you know, all of that that comes with, you know, the, the new way they're doing things. So, um, jumping back into that is just probably the biggest thing that I've been up to. Um, but on top of that, I would just say, trying to get in as much writing in the free spaces that I have possible writing and recording, just any kind of music. Um, but I'm lucky that the opportunities have been coming up for me kind of randomly and they just kind of are fitting in between, like in, in between all the school stuff. So it's, it's not so much that I'm like really struggling to find stuff, but it's just kind of the perfect amount that's being placed in my path. So yeah, I've, I've been busy. I've been keeping really busy. I feel like every day is just jam packed with something, but um, I'm keeping up with it. <laughs> That's cool. How often do you find yourself like writing? Like once a week, twice a week, every day when the thought hits you? So it's honestly, I feel like the most authentic times are when I'm just driving or when I'm like kind of in flow of something else or doing something like, you know, just like showering or something where I'm just kind of like thinking of ideas and doing, you know, something that kind of keeps my, you know, my head um, like, in, in something, I'm, I'm, that's not, I'm poorly explaining it, but usually those times and 
I really do want to try and I feel like I've been a lot better about it this year about just kind of carving out time and making sure I'm doing it a little bit every day because um, I feel like I get kind of frustrated whenever I find myself like having not written anything in like weeks and I feel like oh um, like where's my creative juices you know what I mean and so I'm, I'm working on it but just trying to find moments throughout my day where I can just take time whether it's at school just writing something down in my notepad or like if I'm on the way to something like just my notes or I have no organization in my phone but um yeah I feel like it's really random but I do want to work on trying and scheduling it in a little bit more well, that's what's up you know it, it's uh I've always been like like fascinated with vocalists because it just seems like you guys just pull inspiration from like all over the place and is, is there like one special thing that sometimes like, you know, you know, I know for a friend of mine, he always used to go to another friend of ours basement and always would write. And, you know, he'd come up with all this amazing stuff in the basement. And we were like, oh, the basement has a vibe to it. So is, is there like a space that you just go to when you just really need to just like unleash and just focus? Yeah, it's funny. I feel like whenever I am writing lyrics, I won't have like the whole thing done it'll just be like lyrics and then I'll ha like I'll add the melody on later so I'll, I'll be like whenever I am in the studio setting I'll be like looking through my phone seeing like what bits and pieces I, I took out of my random day um and then kind of start to make a melody out of it um but it is really different every time I would say whether it be like starting with a lyric or starting with the melody or something that's like catchy or starting with a guitar part or you know like more and more, I, I work with my boyfriend Tyler Dale too, and he he's kind of getting me um, getting me more into like trying to start songs with different parts. Like he plays bass, and, and we just got a drum set up in his studio too. So it is fun to kind of experiment with with new ways of kind of starting an idea. Um, but yeah, when I when I'm busy and stuff like that, it, it usually starts with like a lyric or something that's in my phone, and then we get together, and he he has something that he's working on, and I'm like, oh, this fits well here. Um, so that's kind of how it kind of organically flows out for me. That's what's up. No, I'm kind of freaked out because when you, when you said you spent the last year back in college, it, it just clicked in my head. Oh my God, she is 18. You know, <laughs> and you don't yeah, think I that listen to your music, <laughs> like I listened to your singles and I was like, this is some good, good I, I, I would not think an 18 year old wrote it quite honestly. Thank you so at much. All. It means yes. a lot. For real. And I'm like, even your voice, everything, like your stage presence, even I was going through your videos. You do not come across like someone who's just figuring it out. You, you come across like somebody who's already done the work and they know where they are as an artist. Thank what do you, you think so contributes to that? Oh, man. Uh, well, I mean, I started singing lessons when I was like six and I had oh. piano in there and kind of just always had the, you know, I, I wanted to always perform for sure. And I was doing recitals by then. And I don't know, I can't really say what really speaks to just the old soul part of me. I mean, I have parents who, who you know, have like contributed their favorite music to my life. And so now I have like, you know, the Beatles and the old, you know, older stuff. And then I have the, the new generation as well. Um, I'm not sure really, <laughs> I think, I mean, I, I moved, when, I moved to St. Louis when I was in fourth grade. And so I think that kind of like sped up, you know, things for me. I, I'm, I'm a, kind of an only child. I have a half brother and a half sister, but I really, I, I love hanging out with like older people. I relate to adults better than I ever did to kids. And I feel like I've always been striving for like the respect of my elders. So that could be one thing. Um, 
but yeah, I don't know. I think it might be a mixture of things. All right, so tell us about it. What was it like being on there? What's the tea? Okay. Um, well, in the beginning, when I was, well, okay, so I actually had tried out for those kinds of things a couple of times. I tried out for America's Got Talent when I was in eighth grade. Um, and that was just, you know, I went through the process of just thousands of people in the auditorium. And I think I, I didn't even make it past the first round. Um, and then the second time I did audition for The Voice my sophomore year, um, and I had a little more, you know, confidence in me. I got a callback at that time and went back for the callback. It was actually at Shock City where we met. Wow. Um, was my callback for that one. And I, I, I sang and I chose to accompany myself, which probably wasn't the best choice for me just because I, I'm not like 100% on it. And it, it, it just limited me in my vocal, you know, confidence. Um, so I didn't end up making that callback. And I kind of just put that whole thing on the back burner for a while. I was like, all right, I've just had my my moment with like all of the TV shows. I just didn't know if I was like cut out for it or I just kind of just had the idea that it was just, you know, they're going to pick whoever they need. And, and I just put it on the back burner. So a couple years later, I was my it was my senior year. I was like on the highway and checking my phone, like, you know, just not like I'm supposed to. But I saw an email <laughs> that uh um, we want you to come do a private audition in Louisville from NBC The Voice. And I like freaked out. I called my mom and I was like, ah, okay, cool. So we're doing this. And then, so that summer, it was my, it was June after my senior year of high school. Um, Tyler and I drove down to Louisville and um, I did a few songs for him. And I ended up getting invited back to the next round, which was in LA. Wow. And I was just like, okay, well, <laughs> this is like the farthest I've ever gone with any of this kind of stuff like just crazy um and i i kind of just i did just keep the mentality of like okay this is they're just gonna pick who they want for this show and i can't take it personally because you know i just i'm kind of was kind of over it but um but the audition just kept like coming and i had a few more after that and before i knew it i was i was in a room where they had divided people up into the yes and no room and i was kind of looking around i was like I was like, I'm in the no room. <laughs> but I ended up being in the yes room. And so um, then we ended up, you know, continuing on from there. And by then I was practicing for my blind audition, um, which was just like seriously still unbelievable. I, I can't believe that that's even me looking back at the videos. I'm like, what? Like, it's just crazy. <laughs> And I'll just have like like random dreams about me just being on stage with just, you know, Blake Shelton just walking past. I'm just, wow, <laughs> you know, and it doesn't even feel like me. But um, yeah, I, I just can't speak enough good things about the experience in general. Like I, I went into it again with like the mindset of just like this hokey TV show or, you know, like what are they gonna make me out to be? Are they gonna like make me look bad or are they gonna create a character for me? I just know, no idea, but it wasn't like that at all. Everybody was so kind and so genuine. Um, they truly wanted the best for you. Everybody on the team was just so cool. And like, we all became friends so fast. Wow. Um, yeah, it was amazing all around. Was, was that your first time being in front of an audience that big? Actually, I think the Fox might've been the biggest audience I've been in front of. Um, I did the teen talent competition, oh, cool. like when I was, it was my senior year as well. Um, so it was a bigger crowd then but it was definitely like a whole new element of pressure. Just the stage and the lights is just unlike anything I've ever stood on before in my life. It was just so magnificent. Um, the audience wasn't as big 
but at the same time, it was like dark on the audience. And the only thing I could really see were the, were the four chairs. And, wow. and I even tried to like tune out of that, you know, like I, I was just kind of in my own world. I, I remember trying to recall which, like which ones turned at which times and I just got it wrong. I wasn't even right about that. I was just so like in my own world. And I, I think for the blind audition, it was a lot easier for me. I think it might've been the easiest one of all of the performances just because I didn't have to go up against anybody I, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a battle. It wasn't, um, it wasn't a knockout. It was just, I had to prove to the judges, like, or the coaches, what, you know, what I'm about. And all I had to do is turn one chair to move to the next round. And so I was like, all right, you know, this is easy. I can do that. Um, well, you turned more than one <laughs> chair. You turned all four. Right. What was, what was going through your, your head at that point? Like when three turned around and then Blake turns around too. Oh my gosh. Uh, just reliving that is just so insane. Um, I can't tell you how crazy of a feeling that was. And I, honestly, I, I think my main focus, even when I when I saw that, I was like, oh, I got a little jump in me. And then I was like, okay, just finish the song. Do we have to just finish the song? But um, it was just incredible. I still, to this day, I just cannot believe, cannot believe it. Well, so let me ask you this, because I do know some people who have actually been on um, reality shows. And like you said, you know, they sometimes they want to tell a story. Sometimes they want to make like a backstory for you and create a character and you said it wasn't like that at all for you yeah I mean I knew going into it and they were asking me obviously just about like what things in my life like have I gone through that are special to make me unique um and there were a few different things but I think the one that I just resonated most with was that you know my mom and I moved to St. Louis whenever I was 10 and she's always just been a huge supporter of my life. And, you know, like, it's just me and her in St. Louis. And so they kind of just created a story. Um, they they flew out their director to St. Louis and they took my mom out to some of the places like, where do we go? Um, we went to the arch and, and just like a couple St. Louis staples. Um, but they, they did a really good job with it. They didn't make me out to be somebody that I wasn't or like stretch anything. They just, you know, captured my mom and I like, and her, she, she talked about me and like her talking about like kind of I was kind of talking about the struggle like of figuring out what I'm doing with my life. And, and, she, and she is just herself, too. She talked about like, you know, all the ways in which she was proud of me for, you know, just working on my craft despite, you know, everything. So, um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a stretch at all, you know, and I, I had friends when I was there who were like like freaking out about what their stories were going to be but I definitely just felt like mine was really authentic to to what my story was so wow what what was some of your fondest moments of of like that whole experience hmm some of my fondest moments well I would say that I the first the first round that I was there um I met like my my three best friends it was me um Mandy Brittany and Shelby um, Mandy and Brittany were on the show and Shelby, unfortunately, it's so sad. Um, she got to the blind audition. She had her outfit on everything waiting backstage, but she was put on like, there were, there were like six days of auditions and she was put on the last day. And so the teams filled up before she got a chance to go audition, wow. which is such a bummer. Um, but she actually just re-auditioned last week. And so she's waiting to hear back. Oh, cool. um, hopefully they bump her up because they did that for um, Tate. He was on, he went on before me. Um, and he was one of the kids who went last year or who tried out the, the year before and the team split out. So 
hopefully she gets up, gets up there again because I would love to see her kill it. But anyway, um, just three of my girl best friends, like we literally instantly, it was just like a gravitational pull to like the people who I needed to meet for real. It's crazy. Um, but we just like rolled around the hotel, like, you know, went on walks together, did all like, did all our stuff together. Um, so they just, they became like friends that I will keep forever. Shelby lives in Kansas, Kansas city, and they've come to St. Louis a few times and, and um, yeah, so I just, I am super grateful for the relationships I got to make. Um, and I just will never, my dog just came in. <laughs> uh, never take that for granted. So that's for sure. I'm, I'm amazed. The dog just opened the door, like just jumped up and yeah, opened it and came on away in. Too. She just opened and left. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you in there on audition? Oh, my bad. I'll, I'll be back later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. But yeah, that would be my, that would be my, my, one of my top highlights, but. I definitely oh my gosh whenever I found out that the mega mentor was James Taylor I about shit my pants like it was crazy I I remember hearing I was sitting backstage waiting to find out who it would be and we weren't really supposed to know until we walked out on stage but I was sitting back there and I was hearing somebody else's rehearsal going on and um I just hear John Legend like yelling across the stage it's James Taylor and I was like no way this is crazy I immediately texted Tyler and his whole fam because like he's just a hero to so many of us in St. Louis for real and I told him that I was like thank you so much for everything um that's a huge highlight too it's just it's so strange like just one of just somebody like that being the mega mentor and like and the the season I'm on it like it it just seems so divine I I just can't explain it in any other way for real seemed like God for real wow who did you take away from that experience um, I, uh, at, so at that point I was rehearsing my song. It was, um, Angel from Montgomery by Bonnie Raitt, um, which is crazy because he's, you know, toured with Bonnie and all that stuff. And, and so I got to play it in front of him and, and I, that was at the time I was playing guitar for myself and, and they ultimately told me, you know, just sing and don't do the guitar thing. And I'm thankful for that too, because I, I think yet again, I would have been putting myself in one of those limiting situations where, you know, I wouldn't be able to do as much vocally as I'd like to. Um, but I played the song for him and, you know, they kind of gave me their feedback. Uh, and he was like, yeah, um, Bonnie would really dig it if she heard that. And I was like, thank you so much. Like inside, but I kept it cool on the outside. I was like, oh my gosh, thank you. (laughs) Man, that's crazy. I mean, you know, even in that short amount of time, it seemed like you've just gained a wealth of experience. Whereas some people just, you know, they have to go a whole lifetime in order to be able to 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 get to that point um how do you just keep yourself just even motivated to just keep going you know day after day and keep striving to just keep creating new content and you know yeah well I will say like the voice you know was a great experience and um it did a lot for me ultimately I think you know in the long run the most that it did for me was probably just getting my following and just like you know, giving me the credibility to move forward, you know, with the voice behind me. Um, and just the, the Instagram following, like being verified now and, you know, having like 20,000 followers is what, you know, what the voice offered me. Um, but at the same time, like that's kind of the past now and, and there's just so much more to be done. Um, I an original artist. I, I love writing music. I, I want to make it as an original artist. Um, so I have, I, I really, I made the goal for the album to be out by 2021, but more than I, more, I care more about it being perfect than about how fast it comes out. So um, I really want to work on that. And 
Yeah, I think it's just like sometimes I just forget that that it even happened, and I'm like just so forward focused. Like, oh, what what's next year going to look like for me? What's the year after that going to look like for me? Which is a blessing and a curse because it keeps me wanting to do everything I possibly can, but it also, you know, tears me out of the present moment a lot, and I and I forget, you know, what should I be doing now to get me there? Um, like, what should I be doing in the present moment to get me to where I want to be tomorrow? So. I don't know. There's like the pressure on myself because I feel like I have to amount to something great. But at the same time, I'm just learning to like take it day by day and just do my best with what I've got. So. Do you find yourself like watching uh, a lot of tape or like going back as far as like studying like artists who've came before you? Like if, if so, like who are some of those artists that you like kind of like resonate and go back and study them a little bit? Um, the first one that comes to mind is definitely Amy Winehouse. Um, I hear it. Yeah. <laughs> thank Love you. Me. Thank you so much. Well, um, she, yeah, dude, I, I think just her writing abilities is something that I've always just been so admirative of. Like I saw her uh, documentary and it kind of just showed like her music and then the lyrics would float across the street, this screen. And I, you know, be reading it and I'm like, wow, like, it's so crazy how I can sometimes put myself in a box of like the kind of artist that I need to be when Amy's literally just writing from her heart, like probably the first words that come to her head, you know what I mean? And it, it just shows so much authenticity in a writer that I just would love, you know, that I admire so much. So Amy, for sure, um, I'm trying to think. It's really hard when people ask me this question because I think of all of the different people. Um, but um, John Mayer, for sure, just just as a writer and a musician, I think that he's amazing and somebody that I really want to work with in the future. But, you know, Daniel Caesar, um, Erica Badu, Emily King, Alan Stone. Uh, those are the people that I'm like thinking off the top of the dome. But those are some uh, good people. Somebody. I'm going to think of them <laughs> later and then <laughs> and then be kicking myself. But uh, yeah, um, one thing about Alan Stone, he came to St. Louis for a concert and the thing that I just most admired about that whole experience was just being in the audience and looking up at him and just being able to feel the abounding gratefulness coming from him. Like he was just truly one of those artists that was like truly truthfully so happy to have the audience there with him who really cared about what he had to offer. And I just wanted, I want to incorporate that into my musicianship as well, because like, that's really what I care about the most is like, I just want people to really resonate with what I have to give. And um, so definitely Alan, uh, if I think of any more, I'll, I'll holler, but those are the first ones that come. Just watching you in the studio, man, that was like, you, you know, some people have like, they do good stage etiquette. They can turn it on, turn it off. Sometimes you get in the studio with them and they're just like, oh my God, like who is this nightmare that just came in? And, <laughs> And it's like, what in the world? And it's like just watching you just flow. Like you were just like comfortable, you know, gimbal rolling around. I'm on the floor, like running around, like, you know, capturing shots. You you still singing like and <laughs> talking to the camera and stuff like that. Like, how, how did you like, how, do you, how does one like get comfortable with that? Because some people struggle with that. Yeah, man. Um, well, I, I think something, hmm, that's a good question. I think the first thing that I think of is um, I got into theater when I was in middle school. And so, you know, I kind of just had that kind of influence of just all my acting friends and, and the people I was growing up around, you know, in, in middle school and, and in the shows that I was doing. 
um, for sure helped me like kick on that like stage presence, you know, like, oh, I have an audience, like I have to be a character. Um, so I think doing that since I was, it was probably from like fifth grade until around my freshman year of high school. I remember trying a show in freshman year and I just wasn't really vibing with, you know, everything. It wasn't like middle school. I think in middle school, it's actually crazy. The directors really put a lot, a lot of time into, into the kids there. And I don't know, it was just an ultimately different experience, like just the people and just everything. I, I was just kind of moved on by then. And I started, that's when I started writing for myself and, and kind of what I became more interested in. Um, but definitely like my seventh and eighth grade years, I had a lead role. I was Marion and I was Marion and the music man. And then my eighth grade year, I was Mabel and Pirates of Penzance and so I just had like you know I had time to to learn that about myself and learn you know the stage presence and and trying to convey a certain you know vibe to the audience as well so that's probably the biggest practice I've had with that but otherwise like I think it does come from an authentic place just from like really just wanting people to feel my music and feel what I'm saying too so yeah you're working on this album. What do you, what are you what are you envisioning? What what do you what do you want to put out? What 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 is this the the debut statement from Joanna Sorenko? Oh, okay, good question. Um, that's a good question. Well, I've kind of just been accumulating my songs over the couple over the past couple of years, and so I it's hard because I'm finding like I'm changing. My music is you know like growing, and and it's hard because you know there's there's the side of me that wants to release like you know something that's more like R and B esque that's like more you know free flowing poetry. But then there's like my older stuff that that's like I would consider like my original like singer songwriter vibe, you know. And it, it's hard. I haven't really planned it out yet, to be honest with you. Um, I know for a fact that I. I'm gonna release um, a little EP of just, you know, guitar and vocals. Um, it's hard because I really love just the stripped bareness of, of my originals as well as like wanting to put the work in and, and get all my favorite people to be, you know, the musicians and stuff on, on like a full band version. Mm. Um, but I am still figuring out kind of all the logistics. I don't know, there are songs I for sure know I just want to be like solely acoustic and then songs that I, I just have no idea what I'm going to do with yet. So um, I'm, I'm kind of just taking it one step at a time. So my first two singles, Best of Me and Good Side, um, my cousin booked those, uh, those dates up in New York and Brooklyn. He did this, uh, it's called Mason Jar Music Studios. Mm. And um, for my graduation, my dad got me some studio time and I went up there. He's the drummer on both of those tunes. His name's Jake Goldbass. He's killing. Wow. Um, but so those two were kind of made together and like I you know I was just I feel like I was just a different person at that time too that's before any anything happened so oh wow um, so all that was before the voice yeah yeah really? um I released it I released best of me um right before I was supposed to go on because we weren't allowed to release music like whenever we were on the show um so I released best of me whenever I first right before I did the show and then good side my second single right after I was done um, but I did record them both at the same time um, at Mason Jar Studios. Wow. Um, so like those are the, that's the vibe of those two songs, and then and then Sister of Nostalgia is my third single that I did in St. Louis. Um, so I did that at Sherpa Studios, and um, and I you know some of my favorite SCL musicians on that one. Um, oh, and Jake did do drums on it, so I sent it to him, and he he threw a drum track on it. But 
you know, it's cool because like taking your time on each one kind of gives you room and space to just like sit with it for a moment and like really, you know, I don't know. I, I loved watching it unfold whenever I was doing that one because we started with just the vocals and the guitar and then added on the drums and then added on the bass and, and you know, did re-vocals at the at Sherpa and all that stuff. So it was cool um, to do it that way. And I feel like I want to continue doing it that way. But at the same time, I think it could be really cool. I'm, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just openly speaking because I have nothing set in stone yet. I'm, I'm really just like nothing planned yet, but it would be also cool to like knock out all the guitar parts and then kind of add on to each of them from there. Um, but ultimately, like, I do want to release a, a bare stripped acoustic vocal one, too. Oh, my God, so many ideas. I don't even know. I'm just spilling on you right now. No, but no, do them all. Nothing set in stone yet. <laughs> do them and all. You've got time to do it yeah, all. Trust. Do it all. You know, that, and, and that kind of just, I guess, like, leads into another question I was just kind of curious of. Um, what would be the ultimate situation, like, if tomorrow, you know, you could go with a style of music, whether it be an orchestra, a band, um, brass band, whatever, uh, what would be the ultimate scenario for you that if you had to go tomorrow and go and do, what would you do? Um, okay, so like, what are like for just for me or for like just just in general? Just in um, general. Well, it is such an amazing feeling to have full band behind me, um, especially on songs that I've written because you know I write them as these acoustic, just just me and my guitar, and then watching them unfold to be these big, beautiful, grandiose songs is really cool. I love that. Um, and and it's awesome, you know, for some songs because like the instruments might highlight some of the lyrics or just things like that. But at the same time, I I really appreciate when everything behind me is really subtle. Like I could be comfortable with just like a classical guitar backing me up and then me just being so free to do whatever I want with the vocals, you know. So I think that would be my answer is I just love having the freedom and having people like in a band who who really pay attention to that, like pay attention um, to like letting the vocalists do what they do yeah. and, and don't step on their toes too much. So, I mean, not that anybody, not that the people, you know, who I play with do that at all, but you know, it is kind of a freeing feeling to have just one kind of one instrument behind you and, and having the rest of it all to yourself just to kind of do it, <laughs> do it by yourself. But, How are you for is like making stuff up on the spot? Like lyrically or like, ooh, I, when I first met like, CJ, if I say I'm good at it, then you're gonna make me do it, and then I'm gonna suck. So, <laughs> oh no, no, we won't have you do it now. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm better, really way better at thinking of melodies on the spot. Like if you give me lyrics, then I could absolutely just make like you know something off the dome. That's my favorite thing. I just love like going back to whatever lyrics I've written down, and then just doing whatever feels right with it. Um, and I feel like I've definitely just gotten better with that the more I do write, but it's a process for sure. Yeah, I remember when I met CJ, you know, I'd be like, hey, we come and perform with me. Are we haven't rehearsal? Nah, we'll make it up as we go along. So we'll be yeah. literally at a festival about like, on oh, not that many people, about 500 to about like three or 4,000 folks. And we literally are just making this stuff up as we go along. <laughs> and, and, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> 
That's awesome. I mean, I definitely would love to be in that scenario. I love being in those scenarios as well. I was, I, um, I did do jazz U for a minute for like a hot second. Um, it was my senior year and I, I literally just signed up my last year just because my friend, my friend Dominic Anzalone was in that group for, um, he, he did drums in it and I didn't really even know about it until the last year I was able to do it. So I, I popped in there and I was in a little jazz combo for a minute, um, which helps me a lot whenever I went to some of the, um, oh shoot, I'm blanking on the name right now, but they would have little like jazz open mic night things. And, and okay. I would go to those and try and keep up with the actual jazz musicians, but. Bob the um, Boo, probably Bob's. Bob, yeah, yeah he's killing. Yeah, that, um, Dominic is killing too. Dominic's played oh, with him yeah. before. Yeah, he's Dominic's good. one of my best friends. Yeah, he he's out in California now, but yeah, seriously one of the best dudes. So yeah, I'm lucky that he was able to kind of help me um, get incorporated there with the jazz people. Um, for sure, that's been a huge help with you know learning all about it and learning how to kind of do improv stuff too. Speaking of improv, um, a lot of vocalists I know sometimes um, – you know, when they're put in certain situations, it's just hard for them to like vibe the vibe not only the room, but also vibe what's behind them. How do you go about like controlling what's in front of you and what's behind you to make everything come into full circle so that it stays in harmony where it keeps you balanced, keeps the audience in tune, but at the same time makes the musician stay in tune with the direction that you're wanting to go? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, hmm, I want to have a good answer for that. I would say it really is just something where it's fun because you go into the room and you have no idea what to expect and you kind of just have to go with the flow. You're forced to go with the flow and figure out what the energy in the room is going to be. And if you're a musician, like the best kinds of musicians are definitely the people who can just take with what they're given. Like, I don't know. I feel like I've been in some shows where I've definitely like something bad has happened beforehand or something, you know, like I get a comment or something that I'm, you know, dwelling on and I'm just, you know, in my own space, but then I have, I'm forced to like go up there and just act like nothing happened. So I don't know. It's fun. It's fun to do those things just because like every kind of audience is a new energy and, and a new way to kind of go about it. But I will say that I think it's just a huge learning process because I remember doing one of my performances on the show it was the angel from montgomery song and um and i was going up against this really talented singer her name was zan fiscom and she was singing the story by brandy carlisle which is just obviously the best song that you could have gotten um but so she killed it knocked it out of the park when we did the rehearsal the, the day before and i killed my song the day before our rehearsal um and you know it was great and i it was the next day i walked out on stage and and I was nervous. And I remember that day I like didn't do what they told me to do. I think I walked past, oh, I went back to my, my seat. There were two seats and I walked back to my seat instead of standing on the X and they were like, oh, come back. And I was just fumbling and I knew I was nervous. I knew like this girl was gonna be amazing. I, I mean, I don't know. I was definitely in my own head that day. And it was kind of in the middle of the chorus or, or something like that, I'm not sure, but it was in the middle of the tune. And I just kind of looked up and I, I thought to myself, wow, there are, you know, millions of people watching me right now. <laughs> and it, I could feel it physically churn something within me and just make me, you know, nervous. Like, and I, and I doubted myself, you know, I just doubted what I do naturally. 
And that was kind of when the fear crept in and where I, where I feel like I could have done better than I, you know, did it on the show. Like, I feel like I did better at the rehearsal than I did on the actual day that I had to perform it for real. So it's just funny. And, and it's kind of just learning yourself too, like learning how to control those thoughts when they come in and not letting them affect you too much. Um, because it's different every time. I don't, I don't think I've ever experienced any kind of anything quite like that to that magnitude of, you know, really watching one of my thoughts affect the way I perform. Um, but at the same time, you know, like I was, you know, I, 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 it's happened before. Like I've definitely been able to like learn from it and be able to catch myself and not let it completely stir me up and mess me up. Um, so like over time, you know, definitely making the mistakes is honestly like the most helpful thing because it just tells you like how to control, you know, what you can control. So I don't know. I don't have a, you know, a specific answer, but that's probably. That like... is a specific answer. <laughs> I mean, because a lot of times I think, I think a lot of vocalists and musicians. I'm like what you're saying yeah. is stay in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there are always going to be things in your path, like obstacles in your path that throw you or distract you. And it's just what you do at the present moment that really matters. Because right. I know, because whenever I thought to myself, oh, a million people are watching me, I wasn't in the present moment. I was in the future moment, um, just thinking about all, you know, watching myself, watching me, you know, whenever the tape would come out. So, yeah, that's definitely it. Staying in present, super important. <laughs> And even creating that character is uh, definitely important to, uh, you know, a friend of ours, uh, uh, late uh, Steve Moore, a.k.a. son of Starchild, used to always have us in the basement watching tape over and over again of like Parliament, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, Curtis Mayfield, I mean, Osley Brothers, I mean, Willie Hutch, I mean, Tina Turner. And he'd always say, hey, Bone, it's a character. And when you understand how to create that character, you know, it it literally like, you know, regardless of what's going on in the world, that character shows up and, and is gonna do what needs to be done, even when you, you know, even when you don't yeah. feel like it. You'll you'll find yeah, some in that room. True. Yeah. Yeah. And it even like zaps you back into remembering why you do what you do. Like even if you do have one of those bad moments beforehand, you go up there and and you start doing what you love doing, and then you're like, oh, I'm good. <laughs> like, I'm not even phased by any of that stuff. So I think that was a little bit trickier to find myself in that present moment whenever I was doing the voice. But I think, like, you know, whenever you do that stuff after you know, afterwards or coming back down to real life, um, yeah, definitely experience that. Yeah, that's just called cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, so what, what, what kind of advice do you have for like a lot of the young artists out there, you know, that are wanting to get into what you get into like singing and being a star, you know, what, yeah. what should they do? Who I would say, um, definitely just take the opportunities that come along. Um, another thing that I wanted to mention was whenever I was trying to like figure out, you know, being an independent artist, I was I like, it was before I even had many songs written. I think I had like three like shitty songs written. And I, you know, I got this gig, somebody hollered at me and was like, hey, you, you should do this opening gig. Um, covers are cool, but we'd rather have you do mostly originals. And I was like, 
okay, I'll take it. And I took it and it was like three months later and I had time to kind of prepare for it. And it really forced me to start writing actually. And so like, that was the opportunity that kind of pushed me to, to have those experiences and to write the tunes. So I'd say definitely, even when you're uncomfortable, take the opportunities and then figure it out later um, because it'll just make you grow as a person and just don't fear it because like you just have to believe in yourself that you know that you got what it takes and even if you fail like it's a learning lesson like it's a lesson to be learned and and you just take it with you and and go to the next thing right um so i'd say fearing the opportunities would just like would only hold you back so don't do that (laughs) that's true whereas a cody chestnut everything you create is a work of art you know He's like, there's no, it's not, it's not no shitty work. It's just that it was the artwork that was there for that moment in time. And, exactly. You know, That's so true. You know, so true. He, he lectured us on a, on a tour bus about that. And we were like, this is our demo. No, it's not. No, it's a piece. It's a work of art. It's art in this moment in time. I, mean, I love that. I want to use that. Yeah. Put that on that <laughs> shirt. Marketing and selling these mugs. Piece of art. Love it. Oh yeah. <laughs> by, by Joanne Sorek. that because. That made me think back to what you and you were talking about putting your project together. You wanted to wait till it was perfect, and I'm thinking to myself, sometimes you don't have to wait till it's perfect. You just have to just throw it out there because it's just it's like you're saying a reflection of where you are right now, and the next project will be the reflection of where you are then. You know, so yeah, exactly. I mean, I, mean, I do understand wanting it right and wanting. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, no, I understand wanting it right, but at the same time. Go ahead. You I'm cutting you off. <laughs> you finish. You go. go no, I was saying I do understand wanting to get it right, but sometimes I I can speak for myself that I've sat on songs because I was like, oh, it's still not right. It's still not right. It's still not right. And I'm now I've sat on it for like ten years. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, yeah. I just don't want you to do that. So. Oh yeah, I mean. It- part of, it's so hard I'm like holding back I, I want to just like I literally just want to share my voice memos you know what I mean make like an album of voice memos because I love some of my voice memos and I wouldn't even change them like Sister of Nostalgia I, I still listen to the voice memo of that and, I, and that's like one of my favorite versions like next to the top next to the actual version but of course but like yeah I totally agree and there have been songs where I would have just like acoustic and vocals and then I'd be adding more shit on top of it and being like okay, now I just want to reverse it, like go back because it was just so authentic in its, in its truest form, which was just the guitar and vocals, which is kind of why I really want to do the, go the kind of acoustic EP route and just see what else, what, what from that, if I would keep it and just put it on the album without making a full band or, I don't know, I'm still just in the midst of deciding all of that. But I know for a fact that there will be times where like I've I've wrote something on guitar and then try to do too much to it or add too much. And then it kind of just like takes away the essence of what it was made to be. Um, but yeah, I totally, I totally get that for sure. I mean, we, I would love to take your voice, your voice memos and put them like to house tracks. Cause some tells me <laughs> that would, that would be some interesting stuff to groove to. I love house music. So. Oh yeah, you know. but absolutely. And, and your voice is real soothing. Like it would just, it would just like, you know, you just put that beat on there, just just groove along to it. So something to Thank think about. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you yeah. so much. No oh, man. So, you know, where where can everybody find you at? You know, what what do they follow you at? Yeah. So um I think the biggest thing for me would probably be my Instagram, um, Joanna Serenko. 
and um it's not official yet i haven't started it but in the works is patreon i'm going to get that started and try and get that rolling probably before april but um yeah probably instagram is probably the best place to find me and then on spotify apple music all that stuff is under joanna sarinko as well that's cool make sure when the patreon comes out that you subscribe to the patreon you know especially if you want to really support an artist you know, get inside the creative process. That is the way to go. Just give those dollars. Take, just give up the money. That's the easiest thing. Give up. The money. Thank you so much. So, I mean, we've enjoyed having you here uh, today, and, and you taking time out your schedule in between school and everything to come on and you know share these gems with us. Because I think your your voice is one that definitely needs to be heard more, and people just need to just learn more. Like, hey, you know started right here and now I'm right here you can do it too you know and hear your creative process and everything because like I said I was I was amazed in the studio I was sitting up there like oh okay this is nice no that kill it <laughs> thank you guys so much thank you so much for having me on for real this has been one of the best interviews I've ever done for real even before you know even the voice interviews I feel like some of them are just like so fast-paced and they didn't really try to get to know me so thank you guys so much well this has been another episode of Backroom Beats with Joanna Sorenko, CJ Conrad. Make sure that you follow her. Make sure that you subscribe to the channel. Make sure when the Patreon comes out, you subscribe to that. And everything else that's going down, support the music and support original music. And especially if you're from St. Louis, you should already have the music and be getting ready to get it. Support your own. And until next time, we'll holla. Peace.